Virginia Braley originally had visions of a career in high finance, but after taking the Canadian securities course to become a stockbroker... And so I took that and um, I did not love the course. <laughs> I passed the course, um, but it was definitely not something that I wanted to do for, for my career. And so um, I eventually found marketing, which to me is this fantastic combination of uh, creativity as well as analytics. And so it's such a really good fit for me. And um, I, would, I would characterize myself as a marketer and a strategist. And I think it's really important to find something you really enjoy and love. Virginia is a strong proponent of collaborative, fun work environments and spends much of her time bringing in people with diverse backgrounds and diverse ways of thinking to create teams that do amazing work. Virginia says she has always jumped at opportunity and taken calculated risks. Yeah, that's absolutely something that's a huge part of um, probably in my personal life as well, you know, of skydiving and hot air oh. ballooning helicopters and stuff. Uh, that kind of like risk was is really fun for me from an energy perspective. And I really had these great people who um, who were willing to take a bit of a risk on me. And so they were like, hey, Virginia, you know, I've got this great project. And it's in strategy or strategic planning, which is a little bit outside of marketing. And so, um, you know, you maybe don't have all of the experience, but I'm, I'm willing to take a chance on you. And I always jumped at those opportunities and um, you know, made sure I was set for success and I had support. On this episode of Run It Like a Girl, Virginia tells us that she's an optimist and believes there has never been a better time to be a woman, citing groups that are funding women-led organizations and startups, as well as the increasing support for women in corporations who want to move into leadership. On the flip side, if you look at Canadian C-level executives, uh, only 10% of them are women. And that's not enough for me. That is not, you know, I, I really do think we need some big, bold moves. And part of that, part of that journey is these amazing women who are courageous and they're calling out bad behavior. And, you know, I'm quite humbled by that because it's so hard, like, it's so hard to do that, right? You know, call out bad behavior. And I think that's a piece of what needs to happen. Virginia, who's on the advisory board of Women of Influence, discusses mentorship, the importance of being an authentic leader, and she talks about some of her personal inspirations, including Michelle Obama, Malala, and her mom. Virginia Braley on this episode of Run It Like a Girl. So today, as we're entering into the final days of summer, I'm so thrilled to be sitting in my home studio where I'm about to have an amazing conversation, I'm sure, with Virginia Braley, who is one of my personal mentors and an exceptional human being, basically. Virginia, I want to thank you so much for joining us for an episode of Run It Like a Girl. Thank you, Bonnie, so much for having me. I'm just, I'm so impressed with what you, you and your brother are doing with Run It Like a Girl. The, all the amazing guests that you've had and you're working full time and you're a mom and you're doing this. So congratulations. It's amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Um, well, I can tell you, and we'll get into this a little more later, but you know, uh, as a mentor, you've had such a, an impact on both uh, my career and how I think about things. And I just think um, your experience and what you're going to bring to the people that are listening in is going to be so valuable. Um, and then of course, also talking about what you do, because you're a marketing executive and you've had you know, an amazing career so far, far from over, obviously, but, uh, an amazing I career. Hope so. I hope it's not over yet. <laughs> not in the, maybe in a couple decades, three, maybe <laughs> you have a chance Aww. to go to the beach. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so maybe let's just get started uh, by talk to us a little bit about your background and your journey to becoming an executive. Okay, absolutely. So I grew up about four hours north of Toronto in a place called Sudbury. Oh, Sudbury. Sudbury, yes, yes. And my father was a, a president of a mining company and my mom was in banking. And I also spent quite a bit of time in the UK because a British family, but my brother and sister were actually born in the UK as well. So um, it's very near and dear to my heart. And I eventually went to University of Toronto and I took English literature, much to my father's chagrin because he's like, what are you going to do with English literature, right? <laughs> um, so after I graduated, um, I had visions of going into the world of high finance. And so I'm not even sure I really knew what that meant, like high finance. So um, I, the first step I was thinking would be a smart move would be to um, take a course that would sort of set me up to be a stockbroker, which is the Canadian Securities course. And so I took that and um, I did not love the course. <laughs> I passed the course, um, but it was definitely not something that I wanted to do for, for my career. And so um, I eventually found marketing, which to me is this fantastic combination of uh, creativity as well as analytics. And so it's such a really good fit for me. And um, I, would, I would characterize myself as a marketer and a strategist. And I think it's really important to find something you really enjoy and love. Uh, and then just my journey um, to becoming an executive, to becoming a leader, is kind of characterized, I would say, in, um, you know, it's a really around teams. So you had mentioned that in uh, one of your social posts. Um, so the first half of my career in um, natural resources and telecommunications, I had so much great opportunity to be part of um, really fantastic teams. And so teams that were led by women and men, um, you know, we were really focused on doing amazing work, you know, propelling the organization forward, but they were really supportive environments. And so it was very collaborative. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, so I think I took that into uh, what I wanted to do kind of in the latter half of my career, which is really about building great teams. And so um, you know, I, I, I focus very much on bringing in individuals, you know, from diverse backgrounds, have, you know, diverse ways of thinking about things. Um, I enjoy focusing very much on their strengths and what, you know, makes them happy in terms of their career journey. And it's all about doing, you know, make no mistake, it's all about doing amazing work, but it's, it's about having fun doing it because, you know, I think, you know, life is way too short to not enjoy uh, what you do. So it's really about teams and, and, and that's, you know, something I would say I I'm, I'm hope I'm known for uh, and it's something that I enjoy the most about my work. And so that sounds like it started fairly early off for you, the team environment, like really enjoying collaborating and working with amazing people to accomplish great things. Um, yep. so that's, I, I think that's awesome. And I think, um, you know, I think it leads very much into, uh, how you are as a mentor as well. And, uh, cause I imagine you've, you've, you've grown up a lot of teams and seen people advance in their career. So I'm kind of switching around a little bit here, but, um, I'd love to talk about mentorship for a minute because, um, what I found when, when we had a formal mentorship at first, and now it's a little bit more informal, but still absolutely there. Um, what I loved about you is, is you brought, uh, kind of an organization to how I was thinking about my career. So I at that time, I didn't know what I wanted. Like I was kind of struggling a little bit and where I wanted to go, what was my next move, how I was going to get, um, people bought into who I am. And you set it very clear out. What is it that you want to accomplish? What are the three things we're going to do here? Um, and I loved that about you. So I'd love to talk a little bit about your mentorship style and what you try to bring to those relationships. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I'm, I love to hear that you think I'm organized because 
There are definitely people in my personal life who do not think I'm organized. So, so yay. I'm going to make them listen to this part of the podcast. Um, I, I think, first of all, it's really important to give back. And so I just want to put that out there that I, you know, I didn't have formal mentors um, really, you know, but I had great bosses and I had, you know, people who would um, put me forward to do things when maybe they didn't have all of the experience. So I think that, you know, that giving back is really, really important. Um, And later in my career, I had, you know, access to coaches and, um, you know, and maybe some, you know, I would characterize them more as a mentor type relationship. And what they really helped me do was, you know, think about like, you know, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? What do you want to be known for? Um, you know, those kinds of questions. And um, it's, it's kind of that, that adage where, you know, if you don't know where you want to get, you know, where you want to go, how do you know when you got there? Uh, and so I, you know, I probably wasn't awesome at process. And so that sort of really helped me focus on putting a little bit of structure in place and, um, you know, trying to, uh, even when you had a bad situation, when you had a crappy boss or a crappy situation, um, what can you learn from that? Like, what is it that you don't want to, you don't want to exemplify when you're being a leader? And so those sorts of things always help, um, a little bit of structure and process help, I think, really help your career trajectory. And then also, yay, you know, I can tick that box. I, I actually move something forward. So I think that that's part of the reason I probably brought a little bit of uh, structure to our relationship. <laughs> so does that, um, cause what I hear there is also, um, kind of in your, in your, um, in your past and future, is it, do you take risks? Do you say yes to opportunity? Is that kind of how you get all these, um, opportunities to do great things by not saying no or shying away? Yeah, that's absolutely something that's a huge part of, um, probably in my personal life as well, you know, of skydiving and hot air oh. balloon helicopters and stuff. Um, although they're always, I always characterize them as being a little bit lazy. Like there's not a lot of exercise required. You just, you know, <laughs> that kind of like risk was, is really fun for me from an energy perspective. And, you know, I think I mentioned it earlier, but it's, I really had these great people who, um, who were willing to take a bit of a risk on me. And so they were like, Hey, Virginia, you know, I've got this great project. And it's in strategy or strategic planning, which is a little bit outside of marketing. And so, um, you know, you maybe don't have all of the experience, but I'm, I'm willing to take a chance on you. And I always jumped at those opportunities and um, you know, made sure I was set up for success and I had support. But um, that uh, my niece, actually, we have this, she, she has this uh, quote and I don't even know where it's from, but it's uh, a comfort zone is a beautiful place but nothing ever grows there. Huh. And it's so true, right? Like it's just, I'm like, you're so smart. You're 22 and you're so <laughs> smart, right? Um, so that kind of feeling uncomfortable um, is really when I think you're growing and learning. So it's a big part of, um, it's a big part of my approach to, to, to work. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, I think, cause one of the things I remember most um, uh, when we were working more closely together is uh, I was thinking of applying for a, for a promotion for a, for a job. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think I have a couple of these things. And you were like, why wouldn't you? Like, what is, what is the word? Like, why would you not apply? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about all the great things you get to do. And I just think that that approach, which I do think that women do struggle with a little bit more than men, which is, you know, not be, it doesn't matter if you're hundred percent ready. If you have the support and you're willing to work hard, you should go for it. But I think that's really great. And I'd love to talk a little bit a minute about, um, you know, women in leadership. It's been a hot topic for years and it's coming up more and more and more. And what I find interesting and, and another guest had said this is, you know, there was great advancement made in the fifties and sixties. 
And then it kind of mm -hmm. stalled. Like that when you think about where uh, people got to then, compared to where we are now, it, it, we haven't actually um, succeeded that much in terms of women in leadership, women on boards, women CEOs, and, and different uh, things like that. So mm -hmm. people are getting louder and louder about equality opportunities, equal pay, and now the whole Me Too movement as well, um, which really surfaced last year, I think it was, um, and brought down a lot of people, particularly in Hollywood and, and politics as well. But I'd love your perspective on what we need to do to continue pushing and moving forward to get more women to go into those leadership positions. You know, I'm all about optimism. I'm an optimist. And uh, I really, I actually think that there, it's, there's never been a greater time to be a woman. And I love hearing about there's these organizations that are focused on funding women-led organizations and startups. And there's these programs and there's support for women in corporations that want to, you know, move into leadership. And so I, I, I love that groundswell of support. It's, I think it's absolutely fantastic and exciting and energizing. On the flip side, if you look at Canadian C-level executives, uh, only 10% of them are women. And that's not enough for me. That is not, you know, I, I really do think we need some big, bold moves. And part of that, part of that journey is these amazing women who are courageous and they're calling out bad behavior. And, you know, I'm quite humbled by that because it's so hard, like it's so hard to do that, right? You know, call out bad behavior. And I think that's a piece of what needs to happen. Uh, I think there's really two other areas that are really important, and one is um, joining hands with men and, and and going arm in arm. So you know, you know, men who are fathers of daughters and great partners and um, brothers, and um, you know, joining hands with them because they know that diverse organizations are going to be more successful. Um, and you know, I always have this business uh, perspective when I'm thinking about uh, leadership, and so. Uh, and there are great programs out there. Actually, I'm on the advisory board of Women of Influence. And um, Stefania and Alicia, who these amazing women who run this organization, uh, they're very focused on shining a spotlight on, you know, successful role models that happen to be women. So with all, you know, from all different backgrounds. And it's for inspiration. So to give us inspiration, but also to help change cultural perceptions. And so, you know, you can, you can imagine if you're a young woman, and you're thinking about being, uh, let's say, a doctor, and there's no women doctors. And so you're, it's not maybe going to occur to you, uh, that's something I can do, or that's something, you know, I see myself doing. And I know that's not the case, because there are, you know, there's certainly women doctors. My, my doctor is a woman. Um, but that changing cultural perceptions, whether it's, in, you know, like the work that you're doing with your brother right. is amazing. Like that, that, that's, that's a contribution. And, you know, whether it's in media or entertainment or, 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 or hearing about these women role models, I think that's a critical piece. And I do think we need some big, bold moves. And so, you know, so the incremental, you know, the chipping away at um, cultural perceptions is critical, but then there's, there's got to be some big, bold moves that help move that. I don't want to wait. You know, I feel like we're not moving fast enough. <laughs> and I think there's some, you know, there's got to be some big, bold moves that we can take to help propel us forward. Yes, I, I agree. And I think, um, and I think it's happening now because, and it's funny because no one's comfortable with change. And I think what I find sometimes happens, um, and I'm not just talking about gender uh, either, is that people think by giving someone else what you have, it's taking away from you, right? Like, mm -hmm. like a lot of times uh, you can hear that, right? Like equal rights or equal, equal opportunities is taking away from me, but that's not true. We just want to bring everyone up to the same level. 
And um, so I think, I think you're right. I think some bold moves need to be made. And I think there's lots of organizations and individuals out there that are starting to do that. So that's fantastic. Um, so this next question is kind of going back into leadership a little bit. And I think I've got a good sense of perhaps kind of what you're going to say, but uh, authentic leadership. You hear about that a lot, right? Like bringing your true self to work or, um, you know, being, uh, what does that say? That you to be the same person uh, nine to five as you are five to nine kind of idea. But I was just wondering from your perspective, what does it mean to be an authentic leader? Yeah. So that I actually remember I had this pivotal point in my career and I went to this workshop. Um, it was by Susan Scott and she had a, she had this book called fierce conversations. And I remember, I remembered vividly the conference room and all the people and who I was at the table with, you know, at this workshop and she had this idea about, you, you know, sometimes you have colleagues where you don't get along with them or you're having a challenge or you're not seeing eye to eye with your boss. And she had this structure for a fierce conversation. And a big piece of it was to be vulnerable and to actually say you don't have all of the answers and you're open to learn. And you're also open to looking at your behavior and what you could potentially change. And it was a bit of a light bulb moment for me. Like I haven't, I don't have a lot of light bulb moments, but it was for me where I was like, Oh, so you mean I'm not supposed to have all the answers, <laughs> uh, you know, like, and so I did sort of change a little bit and it's so energizing. And so it takes so much less energy to be who you really are than try to be somebody you're not. So I absolutely think you need to be authentic to be a great leader. And, and, and why would you not want to do that? Right. It's just, it's way too tiring and exhausting to be someone you're not. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And I think, um, how else do you build trust with your teams unless they kind of see the whole picture of who you are and yeah, and not absolutely. Just that sliver of, of what you do during the day. Yeah. And I would also had that. So when we're talking about kind of mentor relationships, I learned probably more from you in our relationship. <laughs> They're reciprocal. And so if you're not learning from the people on your team and you're not open to like, if you're, if you're supposed to think, you know, if you think you have all of the answers, like, and it's also, it's like, I, I, you know, talk to my nieces and they get anxious about, you know, um, not knowing everything. They're like, I they think they have, they think they should know, I'm going to be, you know, when I'm 50, I'm going to be doing this. And I'm like, are you crazy? You're not supposed to have all the answers, right? Like, you know, you, you're supposed to ask questions, right? So yeah, no, anyway, I clearly feel very passionate about it. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, and I think that's a great segue into kind of our, the question we ask all women that participate in our podcast. And that's really, mm -hmm. if, if you could go back in time to a younger version of you, maybe starting out your career and have lunch with yourself, uh, mm -hmm. what would that conversation look like? And, and what would you say? So first of all, I'm not sure I would listen because I, <laughs> I was pretty stubborn when I was young, right? Um, um, I shouldn't say that. I certainly listened to advice. I would say, uh, well, first of all, like we were just talking about, you don't have to have all the answers and that you should ask for help. Um, and the sooner you realize that, the better off you're going to be. Uh, I would say um, to take risks. Um, that you should jump at every opportunity and yes, make sure you're set up for success by the time. Um, and then uh, I'm not even sure what, uh, speak up, I, I think is another, you know, find your voice, you have a voice, find it, use it. And that's, I think something that women struggle a little bit more with. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that, you know, coaches and mentors should do whatever they can to help women make sure that they're speaking up. 
That's great. Um, I 100% agree with that. Um, I, uh, I think that's awesome, and I think your younger self would have listened, maybe. I, I wouldn't have. I, uh, I, I find this funny because sometimes I think, um, I think about my mom and, you know, how often she was right now that I look back. At, at advice she would give, but back then, you know, you just, you don't want to hear it, but, uh, but I think it's the tidbits you take away, like have, find your voice, have a voice. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now, uh, we've got a fun new addition kind of to our podcast, uh, season that we want to do and it's, we're calling it the fast three. So it's just three questions I'm going to ask you and, uh, you can kind of say what, uh, give your answers. <laughs> um, okay. So the first one is, uh, what is your favorite podcast or source of information? Um, hmm, the bullet. So Joanna track and her team put out this daily bullet, which is a curation of, um, there's, there's media, entertainment, business tech, and it shows up in my inbox every morning. And I absolutely, it's my go-to. I have a lot of other sources, but that's definitely my go-to. Cool. Very cool. I've written that down. Um, <laughs> second is, what are you reading right now? So I'm always reading a ton. <laughs> um, I know from a sort of business book, I would say um, The Exponential Organization uh, by Salim Ishmael, I think is uh, who it's by. And it's the Singularity University. And it's all about massive transformative purposes. It's very, very cool. And the other book that I'm reading is, I'm rereading, is called The No Asshole Rule. Aha. And I feel like it, it should be mandatory reading for anyone that works in an organization. It's a really good, uh, it's a really good book. Um, and then I'm also reading the book, it's called The Book People, which is a, a fiction uh, book. So it's excellent. It's really good. See, part of this is selfish because I'm going to gather all these great books that everyone's saying and then go off and read them and sign up for <laughs> things like The Bullet. <laughs> so thank you for that. And the final question is... Um, Right, and who's currently inspiring you? Oh, I have so many sources of inspiration. Uh, Michelle Obama <laughs> is, um, uh, I took my mom to see her a couple of months ago, and oh, yeah, it was amazing. It, uh, she's, I think she's an incredibly inspirational individual, plus she's uh, an amazing speaker, and she's so down-to-earth. She appeals to individuals from all different generations. She never preaches, right? Like she's such a good speaker and she's hilarious. Like she's got the best sense of humor. Really, really good. So she is a huge inspiration. My mom actually is a massive inspiration to me. She's, uh, she's turning 80 soon and she gets up every morning and walks 10K. Whoa. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm not quite there yet, but she's a huge <laughs> inspiration. And um, I think Malala. Um, just, uh, I've heard her speak a couple of times. I've been so lucky and it's unbelievable what she has been through and survived and not only survived, but she continues to give back and she's, you know, she's helping to change the world, you know, and make sure that there's a spotlight shining on uh, young girls getting educated. And it's, it's just like, oh, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Um, she's a huge inspiration. That's amazing. Yes, she is absolutely incredible. Um, uh, as is as is um, uh, Michelle, and I'm sure your mom too. Uh, Ten kilometers a day. That's pretty incredible. Uh, I can aspire to that maybe. <laughs> Well, Virginia, I want to I want to thank you. I know how busy you are, and it's just uh, it means so much that you've taken this time to chat with us today and uh, and be on an episode. So thank you so much. 
Oh, thank you so much, Bonnie. And congratulations again to the amazing work that you and your brother are doing. It's uh, That's also a huge inspiration to me listening to those podcasts. Oh, thank you. Run It Like a Girl is hosted by Bonnie Moak. Brian Long is the producer. Web design and technical assistance provided by Dan Moak. And music courtesy of the talented Brooklyn Gillichuk. On the next episode of Run It Like a Girl, Christina Schwartz started a daycare out of her home. She fell in love with the business, but didn't want to stop there. Christina is now the licensor, responsible for overseeing 25 home daycares that run based on her daycare model. Christina Schwartz, on the next episode of Run It Like a Girl.